This is the Homer Hour, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studio at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. Alongside ESPN's John Anderson, here's Emmy Award winner Homer. Best 60 minutes of your day. The John Anderson, a.k.a. ESPN slash high jump, seven, two and a half, hasn't changed a bit. At some point, when I watch him on ESPN, I should think, yeah, I now believe it. Nope. Exactly the same as the first day I discovered it. I don't know what I have to do with therapy or something. Um, but it's true. He did it. Good afternoon, seven, two and a half. Well, you'll be happy to know that uh, this past weekend I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico mm-hmm. for for the U.S. Uh, the USA Indoor Track and Field Championships. Wow. And I got together on Saturday morning before the meet with my old teammate who was a seven, five and a half jumper. And he was, you'd love him, he was old school. He was a Western roller guy. He was the last of the great american rollers well assuming i have this right and this was of course before fosbury and i'm old enough to remember before the fosbury there couldn't have been two people doing it for the last i don't know fosbury started in what 70 something like that well no he's come on now he started in 1967 because he won the 1968 i'm sorry i don't know i have no problem problem (laughs) being wrong on that i just know in my lifetime, I don't think anybody has ever invented something like that. Now, in tennis, the two-handed backhand was mm-hmm. kind of invented, but I but I think it had existed to some degree, just not used as often. When Fosbury did it, no one had ever done it before that way, correct? Or am I wrong? It was. Yeah, no, it was. Well, th- there are some claims. There was a young woman in in Canada uh who might have they found pictures but no it was essentially it was this guy this was fosbury who who kind of stumbled upon it and then just kind of uh, improved and invented and engineered it and lo and behold literally by 83 when i w- when benny and i were teammates this fellow's name was ben lucero uh when benny and i were teammates I, I i don't know that literally there was anybody else in the u.s doing it besides ben and there might have been you know four russians uh, when it was 83, it was still the USSR. When those guys were, you know, there were a few Eastern Europeans. But Benny was the last of the great American rollers. And he was dynamite. And I can still see, I have a couple pictures of him on my phone because I show it to people. And, like, my kids are like, Dad, what is he doing? Right? Because you used to go under the back and the guy rolls over. You know, it looks like he's literally molesting the bar. And you're like, I don't know that you can do that and, you know, and, and not have it lose your PG-13 rating. Now the big question, and because we can only do so much high jump. I could do the whole show on it, but I'm not I sure that's too. in the serving the interest of our audience. Um, All right. Is that what is the highest ever the old way? What the, the what do they do? They call do they have a name for it? The straddle or what was the uh, well, yeah, because they kind of, they went the scissors to the straddle right. to this it's, western. It's actually role. what I so call the non-Fosbury. I don't care what you're doing, but yeah. you're not doing. Right? Is that the alt? Is is that seven five and a half the highest ever uh, done? 
No, I think if you look, I think there might be, you could go as high as there might be a 7-8 guy. I don't know if I can say famous. More something than Gary Payton. And what's uh, what's a shame now is because of how the NCAA, NCAA is and budget cuts and this, that, and the other thing, uh, Oregon State currently has a women's track team. They no longer even have a men's track team, which is too bad. I didn't know that's happened in track. It's happened in tennis that I know. Um, Anything else you want to tell us about? uh, Actually, they refer to it as, in his, the straddle method. All right, let's get to what everything. Everything's important only as it relates to the Green Bay Packers. I cannot connect Fosbury in any way to the Green Bay Packers. I don't know. I don't know what day. They had a rookie kicker who flopped. Yeah. Yeah. There's that mean old guy that shows up when we have John Anderson on. You never know uh, exactly when he's going to show up. I I have to figure out how many days since I said it the first day. Every day, I think, Super Bowl, Green Bay against Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. That's all I want. That's all I want. Uh, when I've discussed it, and we will have Rob Domofsky on ask him, most have said, Homer, the biggest problem really is might be the Jets more than the Packers because of how good the AFC is. And I thought, yeah, that that might be true. How about this? If it's Aaron Rodgers, yes. how many other Packers will be on that roster to play against him? I don't think Cobb sticks. Yeah. Lazard, they probably got a little money in. Does Bakhtiari end up over there? Is Runyon going to end up over there? Like, how many other Packers will be involved in this thing? I have no idea, but none of them count. Only one counts. Okay. There's own right. Is there, am I right? Is that? I mean, it would. Yeah. To be fair to Aaron Rodgers, he will always already have won just by getting to the Super Bowl. Correct. Oh, I mean, yes. Yes. I mean, Tom awesome? Brady only- didn't really have to win at Tampa Bay. It elevated it even more. But just going with a second team is in itself special when you're that old. And that that franchise went to what Super Bowl three? No, four. What was that? Uh, one, Packers, Packers, and then because uh, then the Chiefs won four. Yeah, I guess they were Super Bowl three, isn't that when they beat yes. the beat the uh, the Colts? Beat the, uh, beat the Colts. And yeah. no one, and no one, unless you're old, can realize how Haven't big an ups- how big an upset that was. The Baltimore Colts were one of the great teams in the history of the NFL prior to that game. They just, they had this just incredible, they, they were just so good. No one could come close, and the Jets beat them. But played that played that game with a backup quarterback, Earl Morrill. That yeah. was bad. Johnny Nice didn't come in until late. But, yeah, Don Shula's first Super Bowl experience was not a great one. Yeah. Uh, we should talk about stuff from this century, though. <laughs> no, it's, it, it is, I'm not sure. That's close. To me, I'd, I refer to things as Old Testament. Don Hudson's Old Testament. I think, yeah. but... But that's my Old Testament. I think for the majority of people listening, we are into the Old Testament. I, everybody, when does when does modern day sports start for you? And I think for anybody, it starts uh, when they were at whatever year it was when they were maybe mm-hmm. ten, nine, and they remember. I, I uh, with the, the Inside Wisconsin Show podcast I do with my buddy, who was he was born in eighty three when I graduated high school, so nothing really happened. Right. And we always like to compare. Packer numbers and he'll let's go like who's number 80 and he goes well that's Donald Driver I'm like no it's not that's James Lofton James Lofton yeah right like like uh, we had 
we had we had Dylan on, and I'm like, I love you, but 28 is you have Willie Buchanan's number. I don't know that there's any way that you'll ever get to be number 28. That's Willie Buchanan's number, and you know you could. I don't know that he'll be around long enough, but uh, oh, AJ, if he's had 10,000 yards, he still wouldn't be Willie Buchanan. No, and you can't. I, you can't. There's no defining rule that this is the way it is. Um, because when I first met Marcus Johnson, the first year he took over with the Bucks, mm-hmm. I walked up in and I said, I- I'm old enough to know how good you were. And he goes, that was a long time ago. I said, I don't care how long ago it is. I'm just telling you, I was there. I know how good you were. He said, you got to move on. I go, what do you mean? He goes, there are people that don't know who Michael Jordan was. And I was, yes, you were way before Michael Jordan. So I think everybody, it's a curious question to ask someone. So when did it start for you? When my first memory of sports was uh, 1960, maybe one or two. I was a Yankee fan because I thought the idea was to pick a team that won. And uh, I didn't, I didn't, my father didn't teach me how to be a fan because he didn't follow any sports. And so I thought, and I'm from South Bend. Everybody roots for the Bears. And I said, well, that's mm-hmm. stupid. They go, what do you mean stupid? I go, yeah, I'm going to root for the Packers. They beat the Bears all the time. Why would I root for a team that's not good? So I was a fan of the uh, of the Packers and the Yankees, and I had an infatuation with Will Chamberlain. I thought he was just – I thought he was not human. I thought uh, I would have said an alien. So I rooted for his teams. But, yeah, I don't, and then when people – when teams are bad, I say, like, quit. Find another team. Sure. Yeah, but then you're not loyal. Loyal to what? I want See? my team to win. Otherwise, you'll, why root for them? But no one. You'll, you'll bandwagon it, huh? Yes, that's the de- by definition. Why be a fan of a team that stinks? I think of all those Cubs fans. I'm loyal. No, I think you're stupid. Like, how many years does a team have to be bad before you say I'm done? You don't have to pick the best, but what's the you know? Well, this is. Uh, Rob so you're Ryan. telling me I should I should give up on my Missouri Tigers who have been to more final well, hold more on NCAA tournaments no. without going to a Final Four? No, it's different when you go to school somewhere. Then you're you're okay. that's different. You're not okay. It's family. You know you can you can you gonna kick your kid out of house because they never won. <laughs> no, it's family. Family changes everything. And that's my definition for it. And uh, granted, I just made it up, but no one informed me. You know, I have these stories like. And with my kids, I didn't care what team they rooted for. Root for whatever team you want. That's the whole point. So, so by your definition, you should never be a long-suffering fan. Ne- That's yes, what, you correct. You do that to yourself. You do that to yourself. Yes, totally. I don't know what the rule is on changing. But, you know. So did you ride with the Packers from, like, 70 until – Till ninety, uh, whatever it was, not, not, or did you no. jump off in there somewhere? No, I, I I did not pick another team, but I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, so I lost interest, and I just didn't. I mean, I was aware of them, but it's not like I, I gave one one hoop. But when I started in radio, 1980, I started in Wisconsin. And I've been in Wisconsin since 1980 every year, but two. So mm-hmm. I've rooted for them more as as an announcer, which people are think is wrong, and I go, that's just stupid. My life is so much better when your team wins. Oh man, there's <laughs> no, I've never wait? experienced anything as great as the New Orleans and the Packers win the Super Bowl and in the locker room after the game. I'm just, I'm, I'm talking. I'm, you know, asking some, but I'm also just observing. You can feel the joy of the players and how incredible it feels. 
Because you, you just. But if I'm a fan, how long do I have to wait before I decide that I should get off this losing trip? I don't know. It's a great question. I don't need to be on that thing. I don't have an answer. I mean, I, I guess because now I, I root for the teams I follow. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think with the Brewers, see, my answer would be I don't demand a championship. I demand right. important games. Mm-hmm. You know, you make the, you know, to me, the Brewers have not won a World Series. They haven't been to one since 82. But I think they, as a fan, I would feel that they've given me great moments. Understanding baseball, I think they've been a player. And I was there. It was a game seven against the Dodgers at home where they would have made the World Series. And they, it was, it was at five to one, wasn't close. And I feel like that was a, that was a memorable season. But so I'm, I'm not. I am. Uh... I would agree with you. Like, I, obviously, everybody wants to win championships, but I don't know that that's always the sole has to be the sole barometer of what's going on because it's so hard to win. So many things have to go right for you. And so I, I would buy that. Like, I, the, the Brewers in the 80s, when I, well, and I go back to when they were, when they first came to town, you know, George Scott was the first guy I remember playing, you know, like he was incredible over there. At and first they have base a walk of fame and he's that. not in it. It's, I almost really? want a quick voting. Yeah, I vote for him every year. So I, I can't believe that. Oh. I mean, he was a, he was a uh, gold gloves like five years in a row. I mean, he was, you know that, and he's not in the their, you know, walk whatever they call it. It's, they should fire well, all the people yeah, that vote. No, he's Dodd yeah, Hudson that, apparently, but that's too bad. Yeah, they should. It's funny because the people out here, um, they now curse that. Well, they had him, and then when they got yep. him back, everybody thought it was great. Then Cooper went crazy for the Brewers and was great, and they're like, we should have never traded him. You know, Peter Gammons is even like that. Peter Gammons is like, I don't know I mean, why the Red Sox did greatness so from great. that, and Cecil Cooper, right? Yeah. He came from the Red Sox. Yeah. He I mean, was, the he greatness was of the so. Brewers was in part thanks to the Boston Red Sox. So, Yep, he was there. By the way, I did the same thing the first time I saw Marcus Johnson, and I was, I was probably 40 or 45, and I saw him in an NCAA tournament game, and I'm like, just wanted to say hello. John Anderson, I work for ESPN, but as a kid, uh, I grew up watching you. I know you were on Coach Wooden's last championship yep. team. And uh, honestly, like, I, I, Terry Cummings had to work hard to win me over uh, when, when he was in that trade because Marcus Johnson was so good. No, people should realize they know of Larry Bird. They know of Dr. J. Marcus Johnson played against them every time they played, and never once did I think that the Bucks were in trouble because of that matchup. He was the equal, and they may have been a little bit better, but I'm saying they, he was he could play with any of them and hold his own to where, yeah, they got Larry Bird, we got Marcus Johnson. All right, let's go. By the way, he still goes out and dunks on his birthday, right? Yeah, he's sixty he, whatever. No, he, yes, he's got some issue now. This life. year, he, I heard him talking about it. I'm, uh, this year might be a little iffy. We should probably do some research on that. He acted like. He might not be able to do it, or he's been hurt. I don't know. There, are, but yes, he's he's dunked. I've always thought that should be a, uh, you know, like a contest that draws some attention. The oldest person to dunk. The the NBA All Star Dunk Contest featuring guys that are sixty and yes, older. yes. Who wouldn't love that? Come on. <laughs> How about everybody? What uh, you but, wouldn't uh, like it? Would you watch it? I'd watch it. 
All I know is that everybody that played on Sunday guarded like they were 65 years old. Yeah, well, old. that's they, they need to go U.S. versus foreign. That would be such a great game. Uh, I'd also like to have them do something where people try to grab a coin off the top of the backboard to see if anybody can do that. You think there's anybody alive that can do it? I think there are probably a few. Yeah, I think yeah, I think there are guys that could probably those get would be, But wouldn't it be great? I, I think that players would get into it, wouldn't they? U.S. against the foreigners? For that uh, is no. a game. I don't. I'm trying to think jingoistically if we could do that. Why Us can't against you? The world. They, they tried that. It tried that in the NHL. Uh, that worked. Um, you know, know, for a time. I mean, you try to get people it's excited. Gotta, I think work, there's that would excite the players. Got to work better than what's going on right now. No, I think they should go for three hundred. <laughs> See how many the most you can score. Listen, I was excited. I feel like Doc got his best win of the year. That's mean. That's funny, but it's mean. All right, we can't continue. Come on. Rob Demosky next. The John Anderson 7, 2 and a half Homer Hour. The best 60 minutes of your day. Joined now by Rob Demosky, number 68. He shot that in a... Club championship many years ago, and I suggested a golf tool now available to help him possibly shoot another 68. And pretty comfortable he has done nothing to search into that uh, suggestion. Uh, am I correct? <laughs> you are correct. All right, I'll talk to Gary D'Amato. I'll take care of it. I care about your golf game more than you do. All right, uh, John Anderson, uh, seven, two and a half, take over. Well, listen, the number I'm worried about right now is 22-1 and one with the DePere Redbirds. Where are we in the season before we get to the Packers? Are we, are we into the playoffs yet? What do we have left? Uh, this is the regular season finale this week, uh, to, uh, tonight, actually, at Sheboygan North. And okay. uh, Thursday, Thursday against Green Bay Preble. And the brackets, uh, believe it or not, John, have been announced already. They do it before the last week of the regular season, which makes no sense to me, but it is what it is. Uh, and we were, we are the number one seed, and we will uh, make another run at state and see if we can get there. Although the sectional has, I believe, five of the uh, ten top ten ranked teams in the state are in one sectional. Wow, that was you. That used but to they, be Milwaukee, but not anymore. They, they well, but we have we have Arrowhead and uh, Sussex Hamilton and some of the Milwaukee area schools in our sectional, which, whatever, it's fine. Uh, but the thing that I, I will rant for, for a very short time on this, the WIAA, the WIAA in June or July puts the sectionals together. Why? Like, they tell, we've known who was in our sectional since June or July. Like, that's just – I realize you don't have to wait till like, the day before the pairings are announced, but you can wait till January and figure out who's good and who isn't. So, but whatever. See, and I thought I just read where Governor Evers signed redistricting maps. And <laughs> I, maybe I was reading the wrong That's story. Nice. It wasn't uh, in the he, sports page. Yeah, I, apparently we, it was in the wrong section. Although I will tell you this, John, G- Governor Evers' grandson is a teammate of my older sons at Lawrence University. And the two of them, uh, both freshmen, finished first and third on the Lawrence Vikings in scoring this year. Now, it wasn't a great year. But when you have two of your top three scorers, freshmen, one of, one of which is the governor's grandson, hopefully the governor donates some there money. There you go. Uh, maybe, maybe upgrade the facilities. There you go. So we're, we're, we're moving there. And, yeah, we'll see if the maps hold when that comes on. Hey, uh, so I'm thinking Matt LaFleur has a stress-free offseason. Like, what's he doing? Like, this is 
Has he ever had a normal offseason? What's taking up the guy's time when he doesn't have to worry about babysitting what this whole Rodgers situation is going to be? Well, he's, you're right. Uh, they're not going to the combine either, the coaching staff. Uh, they're not going next week. Uh, but they didn't go last year either. Apparently, you know, general manager Brian Gutekunst really doesn't care what his coaches think of the uh, – But wait, uh, let me interject there. You've been doing this a long time, and, and I don't know that yeah. the GMs ever cared that much about the coaches. I don't, I don't know what the Correct. interaction was, you know, then versus now. Is it different yeah. or – or uh, I, I, I say that sarcastically. I know, but, I, but I'm curious. Uh, I'm asking it just because yeah. I don't know. Well, there were two things that the coaches did at the Combine. One was they did sit in on the interviews, right, which I think did give them a little bit of a feel of what kind of players they were getting. And two, they treated it as spring break and were at Harry and Izzy's and Prime uh, 47 and uh, – uh, what was the other big one? Elmo's. Elmo's was more the dinner place, but there was a, 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 a nightclub with. Oh, okay. Uh, had two names, two people's names. I can't. Well, remember. Didn't go to Bobby Plump's last shot. I know because I've been there. No one's ever there. But no, I, I've been there as well, and I enjoy that. But Buckhead is, or uh, is it Buckhead? Is that the neighborhood? Uh, by it it may be, but called. yeah, Marquette played there one year, right at the same yeah. time. And uh, yes, those yeah. those people get out and have a good time. Yes, they do. Uh, the Pacers are in town uh, Monday night, so I might try to catch the Pacers game while I'm there. Yes, you but, should. Uh, Brian, but let's get back to your original question. Brian Gutekunst is talking to us on Tuesday in Indy, but Matt LaFleur, he does have a couple things, John, that he has to do this offseason. For one, he's got to, you know, I say this not literally, but he has to babysit the new defensive staff and, you mm-hmm. know, make sure that they're doing it the way he wants it to be done. And then just, just yesterday uh, we had the news uh, that they've hired a new strength and conditioning coach, a uh, guy uh, who was the 49ers assistant strength and conditioning coach the last five years. Uh, and as Bill Huber from uh, PackersCentral.com uh, so, so uh, eloquently pointed out that this guy, w- whether he had a hand in it or not, this guy comes from a team that uh, managed to keep Christian McCaffrey really healthy compared to what he was when he played in Carolina and the same with Trent Williams who had an injury uh, filled career and then, and then came to San Francisco and has played in, in, in most of the games. So uh, is that why Matt LaFleur hired him? I mean, yes, who knows? yes. Still, you keep, surely, you keep McCaffrey healthy. You got a job. I, right. I, I would have done right. it exactly on that alone. Right. And surely he came highly recommended from his buddy, Kyle Shanahan, but, uh, I, and I have long maintained Homer, that, you know, you always hear people when, when the injury reports come out, they've got 12, 15 guys. The, the fan reaction is fire the training staff, fire the medical staff. Well, I've always maintained it's not those guys. Those are the guys that treat you once you get hurt. It's yep. the strength and conditioning coaches that make the big difference. And I, I don't know, uh, you know Marquette a, long, a lot better than me, but I'll never forget when Todd Kowalczyk was a Marquette assistant and then came up here uh, to uh, had the Green Bay job. He would bring the Marquette strength coach, Scott, I believe. Scott Holsapple, toughest man that ever lived. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Todd would pay Scott out of his own pocket to come up here and train these guys and work with them. And and ever since then, when I was around that, I became a believer that the injury prevention is 95% the strength and conditioning. Without a doubt. By the way, I need 60 seconds to tell you the greatest Scott Holsopple story ever. He was an All-American boxer at Penn State, worked with a football team for years. All right? So somebody was bothering him, and he was messing with his truck, and they go down. The next thing you know, 
the guy has a gash all across his face. The police call in Scott Holsoppel and say, sir, we're going to have to arrest you. We checked. You're a uh, NCAA boxing champion. You have to realize that your hands are weapons. He said, I never used my hands. <laughs> they go, what? No, I didn't use my hands. He said, what happened? He said, I headbutted him. Whack! Straight in the head. Just gashed him. Only Scott Holsoppel <laughs> will put you bloody with his head. But anyway, now go ahead. Yeah, they, they, he was so tough. They would, the, the freshmen would come in. The players would tell them everything about Marquette except him. <laughs> you didn't know that. So, Go ahead. So what I'm hearing, Rob, is that we're trying to cut down on the hamstrings, which we lead the the league in hamstring pulls. Yep. Yes. Yep. That's, or soft tissue injuries? Is that how they relate? They call them now? Is that? Yeah. It? Yeah. And, and I mean, it's the same thing with your calves, hamstrings. Uh, I mean, look at their look at um, you know everyone wants to talk about Christian Watson, and obviously his was the big one. But you had Darnell Savage, who had a calf injury that bothered him. Uh, Eric Stokes had the hamstring injury uh, that was a problem for him. And, um, you know, I, I mean, it's not just Christian Watson. And, you know, I, while, while I follow the Packers closer than other teams, it does seem like uh, anecdotally that they do have more hamstring injuries than, than most teams, at least that I see the injury reports when they're playing the Packers. So I do think that is a big part of – uh, of this this off season um, is is major injury prevention. Now, I will take you back to um, about 2000 and I think it was 16, uh, maybe 15, 14, somewhere in there. Mike McCarthy came up with this stay program, soft tissue activation something. I can't remember what the other A it was S T A A, and he would do this thing on Fridays where they wouldn't practice, and um, they would have all these recovery days and treatments and massages and blah, 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 and then they would practice on Saturday. And then that year, like, for that one year, they were the healthiest I've ever seen. And then the next year, they were back to being, you know, the same injury team that, that most teams are. Uh, he does it down in Dallas still. I don't know if it ever worked as well as that first year. Some of it is luck, but a big part of it is the strength and conditioning coach. There's something wrong when Watson goes to take a knee and he's out four weeks just like as he, yeah. he was taking a knee. And we have 30 minutes left in the show, and I bet Clay Matthews pulls a hamstring before we're done. <laughs> that is, that have, is my he, guess. He did, have, uh, he did have one from the very beginning, the rookie rookie year, and it never seemed to uh, to get better until he broke his thumb. And that was never, good. ever went away. Hey, earlier today I was uh, I had the good pleasure to sit and visit with uh, an old ESPN friend, old great Packer front office, Andrew Brandt, and he said, well, whatever you do, don't ask me about um, replacing Mark Murphy. So I didn't ask him about replacing Mark Murphy, but yeah. I noticed that we're sort of, we've started to get the ball rolling in right. that direction. And, and so what's the processes of this that hopefully doesn't turn out to be kind of the, how we did it when they first replaced, um, uh, uh, Bob Harlan yeah. or when yeah. we first replaced Bob Iger and that didn't go so well either. Um, so, you know, like these handpicked guys and, it, and maybe we just need to roll it and just take some guys just on his resume. Well, the first thing they did was, uh, write a large check. My guess is somewhere around half a million to a million dollars to Jed Hughes at Corn Ferry, uh, to, uh, be, be the search firm in this. And, and look, it, they're probably going to hire Ed Policy, right? Like that's probably like mm -hmm. the 75% chance that they're going to hire Ed Policy, who has worked alongside Mark Murphy for uh, several years and looks absolutely tailor-made to fit 
this job. Uh, but you know how this business goes. There's kickbacks, and Mark Murphy was a Corn Ferry client, and then Corn Ferry then was hired by the Packers, and they placed Mark Murphy uh, with the blessing of the league office in Green Bay. So there will be some politics to this as well. Um, I, I did find it interesting that they uh, definitely said they want some, um, you know, some overlap time between the two presidents, because if you remember, I believe it was a very, very short overlap when uh, Mark Murphy came in in December of 2007, and by January of 2008, you know, he was full-time, and Bob Harlan had an office that was just, you know, he probably never used. Uh, so I do think it's interesting that they want to have a bigger uh, sort of uh, overlap. Um, if it's Again, if it's Ed Policy, they've been overlapping for the last, you know, half decade or whatever it's been. I do wonder uh, if there are some some names that, you know, might be thrown in there uh, that you might be surprised at. Uh, I'm not willing to completely rule out. John Schneider's interest in this job. I know he has finally gained control in Seattle. The uh, you know 15-year power struggle with, between him and uh, 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 Pete Carroll uh, finally swayed toward John Schneider. So maybe he would not want to leave. But I do know that there are plenty of people in Green Bay who, uh, and I'm, by people I mean the business people who make up the board of directors of this team that ultimately end up selecting uh, the president. There are plenty of John Schneider fans. Uh, on that on that board, so I think it would be interesting if John were to be interested in this job, um, and, you know, and, and then who knows what other uh, people around the league and and quite frankly out of the league might might be interested mm-hmm. in this job. I mean, Mark Murphy was, um, you know, what was he doing at the time? Was he was it was he working for Northwestern? Was he, North, right? he was Northwestern, Northwestern's yeah, AD, yeah. Uh, so I mean, you know, look at um, who Minnesota. Now, Minnesota's set up obviously different. They don't have an owner, but Minnesota hired the commissioner of the Big Ten to be their president, right? The Vikings, I mean, uh, uh, last year. So, no, the, the uh, Bears. The Bears oh, the took Bears, Warren. Right, the Bears. Yeah, they took Bears, Warren. Bears, yeah, Bears. Uh, all, the, all, those divi- all those losing division teams, they all run together. Bears, right? <laughs> Nicely done. Let's put that up on Twitter immediately. Um, <laughs> I want to know who's at the top of your list on. People should be wondering about this player and this player and this player. Because I'm just thinking about Jets and the Packers in the Super Bowl, <laughs> but others have more important stuff to do. Who, who's, who's up there where you're wondering, worrying, thinking, and that people should be following most closely? Well, I'm working on a piece uh, for later in the week, Homer, about um, how they may not re-sign any of their free agents. None of them. Mm. Uh, I'm talking – you know, Darnell Savage, because. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Owen, because they're not, they need to upgrade at those spots. You know, Keyshawn Nixon is probably the only one that you would even consider uh, re-signing for any significant amount of money. I mean, A.J. Dillon's not going to get re-signed, Josiah DeGuara, uh, Tyler Davis, I mean, you know, John Runyon, they're all out the door. Um, so what is that, where does that leave us in terms of what we think the, you know, the additions to the roster are going to be? Uh, and, you know, part of that is when when do they cut David Bakhtiari because that seems inevitable and pick up the $21 million in cash space to be able to go out and spend some money in free agency on other people's free agency. Yeah, but I, I need to ask you this. I just assume they won't do anything in free agency, and I've been right every year because that's yeah. not a philosophy. But if they right. do it, it needs to – people need to understand it must be big or there's got to be reasons because they generally never do this. And it's a waste well, of time the, to even look at it. But except, do you think this could be a different year? 
I don't. I think this could be a year where they sign a a, a couple of guys to a decent thing. It's not going to be like last year where everybody was a one year you know, three, $4 million deal. And that's it. I, I don't know that it's going to be the Preston Smith, the Darius Smith, uh, Adrian Amos and Billy Turner uh, blockbuster where they spent about a hundred million dollars in one day. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that, but I do think it's going to be more than it was uh, last year. I think the safety position could be one. I think there could be a linebacker uh, that, that they might like. I don't have a, I don't know who, but I just think looking at the way they're going to play defense, you probably need to add another, experienced uh, inside linebacker to be able to do what Jeff Halfley wants to do in the system. Uh, the other thing that I'm looking forward to, quite frankly, Homer, I want to hear from Jeff Halfley. We, he's been hired, what, almost probably a month now, maybe, maybe a little less than a month, and we haven't heard from this guy yet. I want to know what he thinks. Is that the longest it's has. ever gone for you with a Packer hire of that significance? Sure seems like it. Right. Uh, the, reasoning, the reasoning I was told was they want to get all the – positions filled. I believe the strength and conditioning position was the last one uh, that, that got filled, and that was that was finalized yesterday. Uh, so hopefully by the end of the week, we hear from uh, Jeff Halfley, and we hear from Matt LaFleur on what he liked about Jeff Halfley, because quite frankly, to me, I know people love the draft. I know they love free agency. To me, the most interesting thing about this offseason is what are they, how are they going to play defense, and what is this defensive coordinator's plan uh, to get this team better on that side of the ball. That, to me, is what I want to know. Any last question? Really? Seven, two and a half, take it away. Yeah. That's what every, listen, that's what everybody wants to know, right? That's the, that's the 60, after the Jordan Love question gets answered, which, yep, think he can play, is, is this right. guy. Uh, I'm curious to see, though, how much he can say if, uh, well, he can say whatever he wants, but, you know, knowing that, that right now he, he doesn't have 11 guys to put out there. Um, no, but so I'll be no, curious to see. About, yeah, it's more about you know what he thinks of the guys sure. they do have returning, how he plans to use them, and then the old it's the whole you know Dom Capers when he took over in two thousand nine. Who are they going to draft for him now? Dom got B.J. Raji and Clay Matthews in the first round. I don't know that this guy's going to get you know two first round picks, but they have five picks in the first three rounds that certainly they could package or they could just take where they you know take where they are and end up with you know, five players, and what would that be, the top 100 or so picks? Appreciate it. Look forward to free agency. I can say Damaski inched out a little bit, which for the Packers is going a long way because every year (laughs) this could be it, and it never is. So when it happens, it needs to be mentioned as rare. You would agree with that? I agree, Homer. We'll talk in March and see if they've actually done anything. Thanks, Rob. Rob Damaski. Third quarter, next. Been doing it for 20 years and did it wrong. Told you that Saganiac Planning, a name synonymous with employee benefits and top-notch service. Well, that's accurate, but there's more. They've been doing it well for over 50 years. Yep, family-owned. 50 years. When you're good the first year, imagine how good you'll be after 50 years. Simplify confusing insurance decisions. Yeah, they're not so confusing to them. After 50 years, level-funded health insurance, they figured that out. Small enough to handle your needs with special attention and large enough to have the clout to make it happen. As it should have been. Saganiac Planning, a name synonymous with employee benefits, top-notch service, and doing it well for over 50 years. With seven two and a half, John Anderson. Actually, uh, we talked about the Fosbury flop. He was very close to seven two at the time where he was making the Olympics and winning the Olympics. That uh, 
That was at a time not that long ago, seven, two and a half. You could have been world champion. I always tell people I I was I was a great high jumper if I was back when we had sawdust pits. Yes, that's right. That that was it. You were and so you were a little late. I don't know how you put that. A little late. Yeah. Uh, all right. What what is your thought on the Packers uh, in this off season? It's with with the Rogers kind of money coming off the books. They do something without Bakhtiari. I would like to see him do something. There's got to be a player out there somewhere. I'm with you. They just it's so nothing every year. It is. Yeah, they believe in their system. And we and we spend time talking about well maybe this guy. And I get that. It's sort of like we, they've only done they've done very few, and most of them have been pretty good, right? Like I don't know that you're going to get another yes. Charles Woodson out right. there, uh, and you know, like like Devondre Campbell doesn't count. He was a guy on the street. That wasn't like some pegged free agent type signing. Um, and and I'm all for within the uh, um, system and player development. I worry every once in a while. Like this happens at, at ESPN. We have people that are raised in the system, and then they say, well, you need to think outside the box. Well, you can't because you've been raised solely in this system. So I don't think it hurts everyone's want to bring in a little outsider, see if they have some ideas, see what they know, change the locker room a little bit. Maybe there's something about that person that they could add something to what is just always, you know, the Packer way or whatever you want to, you know, dis- describe that as. Um, you don't want to shake it up. You don't want to change what, what works. But I don't think it hurts to add a wrinkle in there. Uh, and I also think sometimes it, it's just uh, there are guys out there that could help, you know, that, that, that you could do something um, that, are, that are available. I, I don't have the entire list in front of me. I just wish they were that, that I could have a little, you know, the baseball term. I could have a little st- hot stove action to follow because otherwise I'm just sitting here in the draft. And waiting to see, you know, who they and I don't. This year they got a bunch of picks, so who who knows if they're like, listen, we are going to find a spot on the roster for eleven dudes, uh, twelve dudes. How do we find three more? So I wasn't. I was. Um, uh, I was. Uh, um, see, I was going to tell them eye opening it, but I like that Rob said that that yes. like, none of those dudes are coming back. Like, just it looks like not one of those cats is coming back, and that's surprising. Well, and I would say there's more confidence in Goody than there maybe has ever been based on what has happened in the last couple of drafts. So uh, in the past, the thought was they could use some free agents, but you didn't know if you wanted him to pick them. And as well as he's done in the draft, I could see how he would think even less of the need for for free agency unless – uh, there's just one spot that they feel has to be needed. And I don't know, wouldn't that tell us or give us some indication of how good he thinks the team could be this year to be aggressive with uh, one or two, I don't even say two, one, because thinking that that's what you do. I mean, if you think you're that good, then you could easily add a defensive player, right? You clearly don't need an offensive player. If yeah, I mean, they're, I think they're always going to be in a supplemental role, right? I don't know that they're going to be the ones that are – I don't know that they're out anymore um, uh, going to make a Reggie White splash unless yeah. literally No, Reggie but I think White of, like, dead. Eugene Robinson, or I right. think of, you know, mm-hmm. a veteran player who used to be – now, again, I, I'm assuming things are different because you have the cap and everything like that. 
And what is not different is we're late again, the fourth quarter. No. Next. <laughs> it is so big, I'm going to mention it again. Tune in to Behind the Bucks on the Bucks Plus Audio Network presented by Gallagher. Behind the Bucks uncovers all the stories around the Milwaukee Bucks, long-form storytelling podcast that offer fans a look at Bucks-related topics from the hardwood to the city streets and everything in between, a behind-the-scenes look at the Giannis documentary, the discussions with community leaders, and find out the thoughts of former stars. Oh, they gotta have Randy Brewer. Behind the Bucks covers it all, bringing you Bucks stories like you've never heard before. Behind the Bucks, presented by Gallagher. Find it on Bucks Plus wherever you get your podcasts. Best 60 minutes of the day with ESPN's John Anderson, also 7, 2 and a half. And haven't had a chance. I feel like the fourth quarter should be, is there old man John Anderson? He's got something that irritates him. Are they, you have other interests, uh, though everything is important as it relates to the Green Bay Packers. I'm wondering uh, your fascination with the Brewers' Jackson Cheerio. And I assume whenever he does anything, they're going to throw Cheerios out there, right? It isn't spelled the same, but he's Cheerio. Isn't, isn't that a given? <laughs> Uh, can you get those in? Yeah, you, what you need to do is start branding those, right, with the Brewer yes, logo. Yes. First off, because you said his name, how tall was Randy Brewer? Because if I think, wow, I jumped, o- I jumped over Randy Brewer, that would be an no, amazing. No, he was seven four, I believe. I'll okay. check. That's, that's you were miss. you were close. All right. God bless Big Brewer. Maybe Mokeski. I don't know. He was probably probably got over him. Oh, without a doubt, he was six eleven. The great story about Randy Brewer, when I mentioned him one time, a lady called up and said, yeah, I had a place in some uh, antique thing, and my mom was there, and uh, he was buying something, and he didn't like the price, and he said to her, do you know who I am? <laughs> Could you believe and Randy? she said, yes. No, she said, Larry she, she didn't know, um, but I thought, if there, did you ever think in his life that Randy Brewer would ever say, do you know who I am? I would have voted no on that, but anyway. <laughs> Gave me a chance Maybe to bring Minnesota, it up. So, so what's yeah, up? The what's... thing's great. I mean, listen, that's he's what he's nineteen years old. I think there's a lot of the, honestly. I know they're paying him a ton. I'm not so sure I'd put him out there and opening. I don't know that he's ready yet. I uh, he's, but I, with the the money they're paying, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to rush him up there. But he I'm turns not so twenty sure mark in March. I think so. Yeah, I'm not so sure I need him there quite yet. Um, as always, now can he pitch? I see they signed Brandon Woodruff, which is great. For Brandon Woodruff for this year and into next year when he comes through, um, I'm glad that they're out in spring training. I'm I'm a little I'm I'm out on the gold crown hat that bothers me some. That would be a grumpy old man thing. Yeah, I don't, I'm oh, not, you got it I in you. I just have to. I find don't like it. that at all. You got any bucks, uh, grumpy old man? Uh, Doc Rivers. Uh... Well, you got mad at me because I said that Doc Doc had his best win. Yeah. You know, he is so. Come on, it's not a game. You can't get a win yeah. if it's not a game. You can quote I, me on listen, that. As much as I love the Bucks, and like I'm a Brewer guy first, that's like All that's right. who I want to win the championship. And but uh, the Bucks season to me, I'm trying not to let the loss in the NBA Cup ruin it for me. Uh, and then the firing. <laughs> That's so, nice. That is very so, good. No, it's I'm coming down. This is all preseason. You got the playoffs, and if it uh, depends on uh, Lillard, I how think- good how good he is, and. Uh, everybody's beating up Doc Rivers, and I think it's a great opportunity. His career is very simple. He's had more disappointing and blow-ups in the playoffs than anybody, leading 3-1. But he's in the club. He's got a ring. And when you're in the club, everything else becomes secondary. And now he has a chance to do something that would be as great as what he did with the Celtics. If he can find a way somehow. 
To he dig- pulls this off. Yes. He pulls this off, and then he he gets rid of a lot of oh. the jokes about yeah. 3-1 leads no. and all those other things. You know so. what happens? I'll leave you. You know what happens? You he this- gets in the Hall what? of Fame. He gets in the Hall of Fame. He's going to get in the Hall of Fame anyway. Which you think I don't so? Know. That's, wow. Yeah, that's a stat stack. Yeah. Okay. I'll leave you this grumpy old thing. Yeah. I, I, I held true a couple weeks ago. Uh, when I went home, I drove right through South Bend and stayed at a Hampton Inn in Michigan City, Indiana for you. And then I just locked the door and stayed inside. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere, but I am not staying in South Bend. By the way, the Cubs have done less in free agency than the Packers ever do, is how bad that looks. Oh, you just wanted to bring up the Cubs so you could bring up Benedict Arnold. Nope. Come on. And and I, how, I don't know how you and I get George Scott on the Walk of Fame, but that might be my new goal in life, is to write that wrong. Do it! I'm there. As president, I failed. You might have a chance. I've tried. Yeah, that would be something. That'd be worth staying in a hotel in Michigan City for. Thanks. <laughs> Seven, two and a half, John Anderson. So good. Next. Not as good. Next.